Hey guys, it's Pastor Matt here. I'm your Next Steps Pastor. I want to thank you for being a part of this small group and jumping back into it. I know the holiday season is nuts and I'm sure most of you guys took breaks. So thank you for getting back into the grind and getting back to meeting together. I really think this is going to be a blessing to you, this series. Um, Bill and I wrote this and we want to share uh, really from the bottom of my heart how we feel about small groups and how excited we are that you're a part of one. This very first week is going to center on vision. And so I want to talk briefly about the biblical vision of groups, uh, Hickory Grove's vision for groups. And I, we really don't want to overcomplicate this issue. Um, they're biblical. They come straight out of uh, Acts. We see this in uh, Acts 2.42. Uh, there's several other places in the first several chapters of Acts. But we, we read that they, they met together in the temple courts and they they met in homes and they broke bread together and they prayed for one another and uh, and as a result, this God adds to their number daily and there's just there's all this excitement going on in the very first century, and I think sometimes we we lose track of well, why do they even meet in homes? Um, this was not a popular thing to be a Christian in the first century. Uh, don't forget they crucified Jesus because the mob that was there would have rather had Barabbas than Jesus released to them, and so. While Roman occupation is real and they're ruling over uh, God's people, at the same time, there's enough of them when it creates social unrest, uh, Rome has to come in and, and really regulate the situation. So they're, they're forced underground for the first three years. Uh, many, many people are killed for their faith in those very first three years. Uh, Christianity at one point gets restricted down to just a handful of people. Uh, there's some neat stories like where Emperor Nero at one point uh, sets fire to Rome and blames it on the Christians uh, because of the Lord's Supper. Uh, he accuses Christians of being vampires because they're talking about eating of the body and drinking blood and they're slandered against. I mean, it's nuts in the very early days for Christianity. And so they're meeting out of home, in homes really um, out of necessity. This was something that was not accepted. It was seen as direct contact, in direct contrast uh, to the emperor and his authority. So they meet there and then something happens in the third century. Their emperor gets saved. And he goes crazy. He, I mean, in a good way. He, he makes everyone, wants everyone to be Christians. And so now they can kind of come out of underground. Well, when we read in the scriptures, if you're able to go back to the original languages and do studies, ecclesia is the word that's used for church. Uh, we, we have the book Ecclesiastes that talks about this. It refers to an assembly or a gathering. After the third century, the German word influences the translation of church, and it's actually called kirch. So after the third century, for, for a lot more time, in our human brains, we think of a building when we think of church, because Kirch meant a physical place they were able to gather and worship together. Um, that really even carries over all the way to the time of like the Reformation, and when King James is starting to translate uh, his Bible, eventually it gets, um, in 1611 they publish it, and there's, there's a lot of stuff that happens up into that, but he really wanted to use the word church. He didn't even want to call it assembly. It become very cultural at that point, and so we have this, this sense so ingrained into us that it's a building. You probably learned this growing up. Now, ready? Here's the church. Here's the steeple, open the doors and see all of the people, right? Did you learn that? That's terrible theology. Uh, it's, I learned it in Sunday school when I was like five years old, uh, but it's, it's terrible theology. It's not a proper study of understanding who we are. So what are we? What's the vision of the church? 
The two best places to read about that is in Matthew uh, and in Acts. Let me read those both for you real quick. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 says, Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded, all I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always till the ends of the age. Uh, so you see this mission being sent out, going, making disciples. Acts 1, 8 uh, almost paints a little bit more of a strategic picture. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so there, the it's almost systematic in that, hey, we're going to win Jerusalem, we're going to win Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. The modern context would be, hey, let's win everyone in Jesus in independence. Uh, then we want to win everybody in Kentucky. And that, you know what, we're going to win the whole United States. We're going to win the whole world. And so there's a sense that it just expands. That's really the heart. That's the vision of the church. So why are we even talking about this for groups? Because from day one, it's always been, it's never been about a church with groups. It's always been a church of groups. The church is a church of groups. That's the way it was instilled from day one. Uh, Bill's going to touch on this more next week, but even, even the disciples themselves were your, kind of your first small group. So there is a sense that the church is always supposed to be a church of groups. That's why we care about this so much. It's, it's not going to be one or the other. It's going to be both and. The public assembly, what we do on Sunday morning, is, is the rallying cry. It's the moment where we can teach doctrine and we can encourage the body. Um, Lord willing, we see people come to faith in Christ in our services. But beyond that, where we're able to really connect with one another is in these groups. And so our vision here at Hickory Grove is we want everybody connected in a group. I would love to have every one of our members at our church doing life with one another in a group makes no difference to me if they're going to be on campus or off campus, if they're on Wednesday nights or Sunday mornings. We don't care. We want you in a group doing life with other people. Last thing I'll share with you, and then we'll close so that you guys can get to your lesson. I hope you have some good discussion today. Remember this, Matthew 16, 18, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church is an offensive mechanism. We are an offensive unit. The gates of hell are not there just to keep lost souls in, it's to keep the church out. So you and me and like what we're doing right now in this small group context, we are building the body up, we are training, we are loving on one another, we're sharing our burdens. Why? So that we can receive power, Acts 1-8, and go and be witnesses all throughout the world. So your life and my life is not Christianity is not boiled down to Sunday morning or your small group. The whole idea is that as we're living our life in our, in our workplaces, in our jobs, uh, in our schools, in our marketplaces, in our neighborhoods, with our families, that the life that has been transformed by Jesus inside of us will shine out. It's the imagery we have, you know, don't hide your light under a lampstand, city on a hill. That's an image for your body and our church that we are to radiate Jesus everywhere we go. And that when, as we're doing that, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I love this. Uh, Jude one twenty three says, Save others by snatching them out of the fire. And show others mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Snatching souls out of the fire of hell. That's a cool job title. You don't even have to call me pastor anymore. Just soul snatcher. That's what we want to be known for. That's why we are so thrilled that you are in our group. 
Thank you for being a part of this. I hope you guys enjoyed this lesson and it sparked some awesome discussion. Thank you.